Hey everybody, welcome to today's Take Heart. Hope you're doing good. We've been looking at God as the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Today, what do we learn about the fact that God says, I'm the God of Jacob? Jacob's story, if you don't know it, is quite a roller coaster. It's well worth a read. You can find it in Genesis chapter 25. And uh, to summarise it, basically, it's a story of Jacob relying on himself. His big weakness was his own strength. He was constantly trying to grasp things and get things and achieve things through his scheming, his manipulation and his own cleverness. And it all went horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> and uh, so even in the womb, this is happening. He's, he's born, he's a twin. And when he comes out, he's, he's born second, but he's been trying to be born first. So he's grasping the heel of his twin Esau and hence they give him the name Jacob which means one who grasps the heel of it's a Hebrew idonym for idonym for um, uh, for deceiver for trickster and then true to form uh, that's how Jacob lives his life so when he's older he wants the birthright that rightfully belongs to Esau the firstborn so he tricks his father who is who is aging and, and blind by this stage into giving him the blessing. But that goes wrong because then Esau tries to kill him, so he has to run away. Then he ends up um, with Laban, his uncle, and the two of them have a very um, weird relationship, a very kind of a tense relationship where they're trying to trick and outwit each other. And um, Laban tricks Jacob into marrying the wrong daughter and then Jacob's tricking Laban by getting rich off his flock and. And it's, it's um, again, it doesn't really end very well for Jacob. He ends up marrying the wrong person. Eventually he marries the girl that he wanted to marry, but and he makes himself wealthy, but then he has to flee again from Laban. And he finds himself running back home. And uh, you can see he's changed a little bit by this point because he's starting to pray more and turn to God more. Um, but he's still Jacob. And so there's this moment where Esau um, comes out to greet him. And Jacob is terrified. He thinks Esau's going to kill him. So he prays and he schemes. <laughs> and that's progress for him because when he started, he just schemed. And now he's praying and scheming. And uh, he has this plan where he sends ahead all his wealth and, and all of his family. And, and it's a, a kind of a ploy to try and get Esau's favour. And then he stays by himself. And at that point in Genesis 32, it's kind of the climax of the story. God meets with him and in a very strange kind of story, God becomes a person and he wrestles with Jacob and eventually touches his hip and the, the, the kind of socket gets broken and God wins the wrestling match and he renames Jacob Israel, which means one who wrestles with God. And you see from that point on that there's this, this transformation really in Jacob's character that he becomes much more dependent on God and much more reliant in the same way that someone who walks with a limp leans on something. So Jacob finally comes to the point of leaning into and trusting God's strength and God's provision rather than thinking it all came down to what he did. The God of Jacob is the God who transforms. If the God of Abraham is the one who comes looking for us before we ever go looking for him and who has a plan for salvation, and the God of Isaac is the God who gives to us. The God of Jacob speaks to us of the journey that God wants to take each of us on. And it's a journey from relying on ourselves and our own strengths and our own gifting to leaning into him and trusting in his strength.
Mike did a brilliant take heart on this a little while ago in which he said, you know what, God will have to break us um, if, if you, just as he did with Jacob, if we don't get this. And I have found, as I'm sure you have, that the Christian life is this kind of inner wrestle. You know, I, I want to do the good things um, for God and I want to do them for his glory, but I'm also very interested in my own reputation, much too interested in that. Much too interested in doing things for my own glory, achieving things for, 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 for my own sake, really. And I hate it when I see it, but I see it all the time, virtually every day. And so one of the questions I've been asking is, well, how can I, Lord, you know, change me? You're the God of transformation. Seriously, would you speed up a little bit? Would you transform me? And there's a few things that I think can help us with this. One is to recognise transformation comes from God alone. Uh, you know what? It's, it's down to him. But that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because he is the pro at it. He has taken Jacob, um, who's resisted really all the way and ultimately brought him to where he needed to be. We see that with Jesus and the disciples. Look where they were when they started. Look how their lives were by the time they, they finished. It's remarkable. God is the God of transformation. He's the one who sanctifies us. He's the one who renews us. We can trust him that he's going to do that. And at the same time, we can cooperate. So for Jacob, he, he had to really be forced into this moment virtually. Um, and for us, it doesn't have to go that way. Now, there are some things that probably we will only ever learn when God brings us into a crisis. But much of what we're going to learn, he can teach us if we're willing to learn it. And so here's what we can do. We can see that part of us that grasps, that relies on strength alone and relies on ourselves. We can acknowledge that and then we can we can just bring it to him, submit that to him, say, I hate this. Would you change it in me? And here's the other thing we can do. Trusting that God is the one who transforms, we can cooperate. And if you have a problem with, with this inner grasping, um, here's the medicine. Service. The discipline of serving other people. Service doesn't require grasping, it requires giving away. I think one of the best antidotes to self-reliance is self-sacrifice. It's choosing to prefer others. And we can serve people in all sorts of ways, um, you know, small ways as well as big ones. Serving people through hospitality. Serving people by praying for them. Serving people um, by listening to them really well. Serving people by going out of our way um, to be kind to them. Service is this phenomenal way of growing humility. Humility doesn't come by trying to be humble. It comes by taking our eyes off ourselves and putting them onto the needs of other people and seeking to meet their needs before our own. And if we really want to go all out, here's the thing that will really sort of crucify that old nature in us, that Jacob grasper inside of us, serve in secret. Do you know that part of you that wants to tell everyone every good thing? I know that part of me. Um, the part of us that tries to find any way we can just to drop hints of our own goodness. Don't give in to it. Serve as much as possible in secret. And what happens as we do that is humility slips into the back door of our souls and it starts to take up residence. Our goal 
is dependence upon him. And the way we'll get there is because he's going to get us there. He's going to get us there. He's going to do it. But do you know what? We'll probably get there a lot faster and with a lot less pain if we, number one, submit to him. And we, number two, cooperate with him by choosing to serve others. This is how we join in with the God who changes 